What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Scrimmers Podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, with my two co-hosts, Avino Inazelli and Michael Nolan. Say hello, fellas. How's it going, Steve? What's going on, Steve? And Vito. Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, yeah, yeah, we have another great show for you today. Uh, before that, please take a moment, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you find your podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod. Um, today, we're continuing our mini series of the Hooligan Half Hour, where we're interviewing Premier League fan bases on this side of the Atlantic. So, without further ado, we want to welcome Wells Schneider of the Georgia Blues. Woo! Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Damn. <laughs> uh, happy, happy to be here, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course, Absolutely. happy to have Absolutely. three Chelsea supporters in the in the chat right now. <laughs> it's a hat, it's a hat trick. It's yeah. just trouble for Spurs. <laughs> yeah, easiest dude, easiest dude. It wouldn't be the first time we lost two though this year, <laughs> <laughs> or the last. That's that's a big facts. Ooh, that was cold. Uh, real quick though, well, uh, you know, just tell us a little about yourself. How you started supporting Chelsea? You know, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so I uh, basically started supporting Chelsea and this is kind of funny. Um, I had, I was not, you know, I, I played soccer like a lot of kids growing up. Um, there was not, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and date myself here. I just turned 36. So Happy birthday, uh, growing, thank you. Um, <laughs> so, so growing up, uh, they're just, they're, you know, I, I just listening to some of y'all's interviews, uh, some of these folks, they were able to watch the Premier League when they fell in love with it and learned about the teams and started to pick it up. Um, for me, there was a lot less of that availability at the time that I started getting curious. Um, and it started with my older brother, who I am only about 18 or so months apart from uh, and had a, a vicious sports rivalry and everything else with. <laughs> Uh, when he decided that Manchester United was the greatest thing on God's green earth and uh, he loved David Beckham. And I thought I'm the opposite of all these things, but I don't know what that means. So at the time, I just thought, whatever, man, you know, do your thing. So uh, I was actually um, fortunate enough to be abroad right before I went to college. And I was aware of, of a few of the teams, you know, the big teams um, didn't get to watch a whole lot of soccer, just hear about it and friends who played it and talked about it. I liked it on that level already. Um, and I was hanging out uh, with uh, a local, somebody who's like 19 years old and, and from London and he was a family friend. And I just asked him, I said, Hey man, you know, you're right in the beating heart of this. Like I'm looking for a team. It can't be Manchester United. Um it can't be anything like Manchester United. So that automatically rules out Liverpool. Um, and I <laughs> know they don't want to associate those two things, but, <laughs> but um, this is the big part is like the fact that I got on board in the summer of 2003 sounds very suspect to a lot of people. I'm sure, <laughs> but people have to remember, people have to remember, you don't know that it's going to work out. I mean, there's a laundry list of billion, you know, dollar manager uh, owners uh, billionaire owners that haven't, you know, Mike Ashley, let's just pick some random names out of the pot, just people who haven't made it work. And uh, he just said, Hey, you know, there's a new owner uh, coming in uh, or came in and uh, they're trying to get this manager. And, you know, this is all new to me. And they're like, you know, it's Jose Mourinho guy and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he said, you know, and they might be able to, to do what you want to do, which is to be a thorn in the side of your brother's favorite team. And I thought, cool. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. Never thought it, it never had any clue it would work out as well as it did. Um, 
it took a little while to get um, to watching them regularly just because it was so hard to do. Um, And it was weird because even those, those were, you know, early years that I picked this team and they were incredibly successful, but I didn't get to watch them that much. And when I did, they tended to lose actually. Um, That was when like (laughs) Fox had all the rights and like, I'd watch it with my buddy who's a big Arsenal fan. They were fresh off being the invincibles and stuff. And uh, he loved them and he knew way more about it because he was a player on our team in college. And uh, they would beat us. And I was like, I, I knew all the players now and Drogba mm-hmm. and all the guys. I mean, in their early prime of that spine, that was so good. And uh, but somehow they would lose. Um, I had to deal with the pain of Moscow with my brother in the room cheering for Manchester United. That's probably the worst memory I have. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, but that's that's kind of like how it got started for sure. Yeah. That's funny. I, I can kind of relate to that too. I mean, I, I started to really get into it about 2011, which was the summer before they won the champions league. Yeah. So when they did win the champions league and not many people knew I was already supporting Chelsea after that dismal season, I'm sorry, that was <laughs> after the year, but when they win, it's like, dude, you just picked the best team in the world on, off the bat. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. I swear to God, it was <laughs> no. before that. It was before that. <laughs> so I, I hear yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I, I got, yeah, I think I got pretty lucky on it in that way. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that it ever really had anything to do with like they're a London club. They're, you know, you know, accessible if you're just, a, you know, as most Americans are, they're going to go to London probably mm-hmm. once on their stop in England, uh, depending on how many times they've gone uh, or mm-hmm. plan to go. Um, but it, it just, uh, the fact that they ended up being that one team that was right there with Sir Alex Ferguson for so long was like, it just made it that much better because it gave me something to, to rile up my brother about. So it was great. (laughs) Did you get a chance to see them while you were in London when you went over at like 19? Uh, I did not. I did not. Sorry. Um, So that was in the summertime. And so there were no matches. If anything, they were probably abroad. And again, my, that was the last time I've been and my Mm -hmm. uh, understanding at that time was so, just so little i knew so little um Mm. so and i regret that now because i'm like oh i would have at least gone to stanford bridge and checked it out and all this stuff but you know that's hindsight's 2020 so hopefully i'll get over there soon definitely so i'm I'm guessing like you said your worst memory has to be moscow losing to manchester united what's been one of your favorite memories over the years one of the champions league victories uh, a a big win maybe against arsenal that 6-1 game or 6-0 game what's what's the best moment for you that's uh well um for our Spurs friend you know there was a Maddich volley you might remember um, I'm oh, well yeah. aware I'm Ooh. I'm acutely aware <laughs> there was there was a, a, a Pedro on the turn um well, why are you like Spurs I'm just kidding I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time those are those are great goals and great memories yeah. but they're not like the all-time favorites no offense to Spurs at all um that's uh, Obviously, uh, the the Champions League run of 2012, and I'm sure that, you know, you two guys as Chelsea fans as well, um, there's something incredibly special about the way that all of that happened. It's not just about the, the Barca game that gets mm-hmm. a lot of hype. It's not just about the final match that gets a lot of love. Uh, there were so many pitfalls along that way, and there was just no way that it seemed possible that this could happen. And so... That really took me, I mean, I already knew I loved Chelsea, but that took me to just this completely other world of, mm. of, of being into it. And um, it really was kind of the impetus for me because at the time I was, I was uh, 
by myself, uh, more or less. I, I lived in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and there wasn't like a, there may, the group may have actually been there at the time, but I didn't know how to look them up or I hadn't figured that out. Um, Cause I think they may have been over in another town uh, like Winston-Salem or something like that. And so um, I just remember watching that match with about four or five people, about two who were actually interested, but they were Chelsea fans and thinking, I want to be with a bunch of people next time if this ever happens again. Yeah. And uh, that's what made this year really special. So those are definitely the two that stick out for me. Um, obviously, it's easy to say that. The Premier League titles are great. Uh, it's funny to go back through Chelsea's history because how many moments, and they talk about this on um, some of the Chelsea podcasts, and I'm sure you guys as fans, you might listen to those as well. But they, um, they talk about how many times you fall in love with a manager and then they just get axed. Um, <laughs> and Conte <laughs> was one of those for me. Conte was definitely one of those for me. Um, yeah, he definitely did things wrong that he basically, you know, encouraged them to fire him. Uh, but at the same time, he was so good. And when they were singing his his name and John Terry is is retiring and they're singing his name at the bridge, I thought this could be a dynasty. This is going to last for 10 years. And that was the dumbest thing I've ever thought as a Chelsea <laughs> fan. Um, and I honestly thought the same of, of Mourinho's second stint. I was like, he's not going to go sour this time. It's going to work out. <laughs> no, he's got like a, as Spurs knows as well, he's got like, a, well, half the Premier League knows now. He's got like a two and a half year expiration label. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that 2012, yeah. though, one that, I, that, that, like you said, it was such a gritty run for them. It was amazing to watch. Like the Napoli comeback, the Barca, yeah. red card with Terry, yeah. like everything I, about it. Was that when I, Torres I, too had that yeah. goal and like yes. he, broke, he broke his so, back because he was having his like little dry spell? Right? Yeah. So, and this is, a, this is a thing that I think there's still, you know, it's kind of like how people feel about Werner now, but I think there's still probably a little bit of contentiousness among Chelsea fans over the true place that these players have in the legacy. But at the same time, the fact that they both had a winner's medal at the end of the day has probably cleared up a lot of that for people. Mm. Um, because the big thing that I always, like to point out to folks and I think is kind of the, the tie that binds between Werner and uh, Torres is that Torres had uh, obviously the goal to beat Barca. And then what people forget is very easy to forget. Torres drew the, um, uh, the corner that, that, that got the, Chelsea the, into the penalties that got them into the, into the, in the extra time. And then into penalties, I mean, Petr Cech was a genius that day. If he doesn't save penalties, they lose, but, um, like in the regulation penalties as well. But, uh, and then Werner, uh, you know, easy to forget that if he doesn't make the run to suck in Diaz, that ball from Mount to Havertz is never there. So mm -hmm. you could argue he played a pivotal role in that as well. Yeah, def I like definitely. It. I like it. It's like a photographic memory, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I like this stuff. What do you know? <laughs> yeah. You mentioned manager changes too. Um, I mean, for me as a Chelsea supporter, hearing Frank Lampard getting appointed was kind of bittersweet, knowing how Chelsea handles a lot of their managers when it comes to the, their quick fire nature and their quick hire nature. Um, did you think Frank deserved a little more time? Do you think it was time for him to go and Tuchel was the right man at the time? Well, obviously it turned out to be, but at the time of that firing, what were your initial thoughts? Right, and that's the big part of it because no, absolutely not. I, I, I didn't think that, he had been given enough time. Um, it's easy to say now, oh yeah, he definitely got enough time because it's worked out so mm -hmm. well, but you know, 
if you to to my full my full feeling on that at the time was you know i start reading stuff uh the athletics a great one but start reading some things about oh they're looking at tuchel and he could come in and blah 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 and honestly i you know that's what makes me feel dumb like if i had a podcast and i had to put myself on the line at that time i probably would have said i'm not sure about this guy um based on what they were writing though again if you if you don't mm -hmm. get to see it and you don't know what's really going on you're just going on hearsay and mm -hmm. hearsay was skeptical um and so you had that and then you just had the fact that frank i thought that covid and i'm not an apologist i'm not going to say that he doesn't have flaws or that he was ready for this job at, at that time but i thought that covid was somewhat of his undoing mm -hmm. um because ultimately i think the catalyst to this was it created an opportunity in the market that chelsea may not have had otherwise mm -hmm. and that added a tremendous amount of pressure onto Frank to perform immediately. And I just, I just, and I love Frank and he's, he's one of our greatest players of all time. But I think at that stage in his managerial career, he's just not, not quite ready. Um, but that still isn't fair to him. And that's why they should have given him more time. Um, I just think that his, his biggest struggle was trying to, balance out the uh the flashy and, and exciting attacking play with actually being able to to tighten it up at the back and keep from conceding where do you think he manages next you think he has another shot at a prem team or do you think it's kind of like a <sighs> lower level it's like such a great question i i i mean he's been rumored at a lot of prem teams i don't know that i mind seeing him go back to the championship but i'm not sure if that makes sense for him once he's already, because I do, I just do think he could do well at a team with lower expectations. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I don't know if I dip as low as say a team in a relegation fight, but I just think there are clubs out there in the prem that could use him. Um, and that could be a good experience for him with a little less pressure. Yeah. Uh, and I do feel like that will both give him an opportunity to grow and also maybe, help him learn a few things about how when the culture is different, maybe the pressure is a little lighter, your managerial style might catch on a little better. Um, because I will say I was shocked uh, at some of the stuff that came out regarding sort of like his uh, treatment of players and how things had begun to get a little sour in the locker room, which never in a million years, I would have thought that was the one thing mm -hmm. he would have automatically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Considering his character. Um, did you, so, I mean, obviously we're going into an international break now prior to the season starting either post Romelu Lukaku or previous, where did you think Chelsea was going to end up this season? Top of the table, kind of what you expected at this moment in time, or you think they're performing a little better than anticipated? And you're saying pre, pre Lukaku arrival, like before the signing was made or Both. you mean, okay. Okay. Uh, before the window, I think we were in the same position. Well, actually a worse position, but I'd say a similar position to Manchester City, for instance, where they really, really wanted a striker. Um, now, City and to Pep's credit, they've clearly proven uh, last year uh, because Aguero was out for so long and mm -hmm. became not even a key piece of that team, unfortunately for him, um, that they could do it without a striker. So for them, it was like, that would have really put them over the top. So thank you, Spurs. Um, uh, but, but, um, but for Chelsea, it was a much more pressing need. Uh, it's a, it, at that time, I thought if we don't get a striker, that's a top three or four. So basically Kane, Holland, Lukaku, maybe one or two others. Mm -hmm. um, 
the idea of pushing a team as good as City, as good as a Liverpool who's healthy again, as good as a Manchester United that's starting to figure it out. And at that time, you didn't know if they would sign a midfield piece, which was a rather puzzling omission on their part that we love. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't think without that they could do it. As soon as they got Lukaku, I thought, yes, they can yep. challenge because Tuchel has proven that he can rotate guys in. And uh, they like to say, I think the saying is, uh, get a song out of everybody. He seems to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the only one he hasn't figured out yet uh, that I've seen is, is Saul. Um, uh, but hopefully give him time. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. He's still new. So he just probably yeah. a little time. Pick up yeah. Else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. hey, what do you Chelsea, the Jews plus the robot. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Try it again. <laughs> of course. What do you think of the uh, the transfer window for Chelsea? Uh, I was very pleased. Um, it was easy to uh, fall in love with uh, the Holland rumors, mm-hmm. um, but it felt right. It felt right to bring Lukaku back in. Um, as someone who had been around and seen or at least followed the majority of Drogba at his pinnacle, um, I remember uh, I remember Lukaku as far back as the day they posted that video of him touring Stamford Bridge and when he was, what, 17 or 18 mm-hmm. years old yeah. and saying, this is my dream, this is what I want. And I was really kind of crushed. I mean, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes. Um, some were more obvious than others. You know, it's easy for all the other clubs to say, oh, or fans to say, oh, De Bruyne, how could you screw that up? Salah, how could you screw that up? And it's like, you have to go watch the tape. You have to see, you know, for one, their performances, obviously at that age, we're not going to be at the same level they are now. But secondly, you know, Mourinho, Mourinho had some things that he mm-hmm. may have mishandled there. Um, so to have it come full circle with Lukaku was, was big. Um, so just on an emotional level, that was good. He also, if you watch the Serie A highlights, you're just like, this is not the dude that played at Manchester United mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you know? It was Antonio Conte that got the yeah. best out of him. So in, in some, uh, in some uh, timeline that got away from the variant authorities, there is a Alvaro Morata playing for United and Lukaku playing for Chelsea under Conte. So, um, but. <laughs> We finally got him. It's all that matters. <laughs> kind of wonder what could have been if uh, Conte got his way and brought Lukaku in originally, I, you know? I Probably about the same other than he wouldn't have run Lukaku out of town. They would have run him out of town first. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Snapshot Definitely. question for you, Wells. If you did choose one right now, like just real blank, Salah or De Bruyne, who could just insert right into the team if you did go back oh, and switch that? You got three and seconds. This, Two, this, this season? One. Or, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's this this season. Um, man, I think it'd have to be Salah, and I don't even think that's close because I feel like <laughs> our mid our midfield is is pretty solid. Um, yeah. I'm not saying they're better than De Bruyne by any stretch, but uh, it's just the you know um, we struggle in matches to create from the wings right now. Granted, mm-hmm. a lot of guys have been banged up. Um, or they are just starting, like the the Pulisic Ziyech, uh I don't know. It's, it's just like a, a, a vicious cycle of they're reaching peak form. They get injured again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been tough to watch that. But uh, 
fortunately our guys just keep going and you know the last couple of matches prior to Southampton were really frustrating for them but they there's a belief in this team that's why I still think we've got a shot at this thing and yeah it's easy to say when we're on top of the league right now but um it's early it's very early yeah, yeah, I really, I'm really looking forward to uh, when Pulisic is finally healthy. I, him and Lukaku up front, I think there's gonna be very similar to Giroud and him. And then when like when yeah, the project restart, and they absolutely tore it up and got us into the Champions League. That, that oh, yeah. was, I, I think it's gonna be so similar to that. I, I really do. Is there is there a greater crime than Giroud being sold for what two oh. million pounds? Uh, Hurt. That was, that <laughs> I was mean, tough. That's, that's a thirty million. That's, I don't care how old he is. Um, uh, you know, he, he, he could probably make more, more looks, uh, for some modeling magazine for you for two, two, 30 million, you know, I mean, he, I guess, I guess that'll work in Italy, but, um, Does uh, what, a nice great, what a great guy that we, we lucked out with him, him coming in. Yeah. Chelsea seems to have this, uh, affinity with signing Arsenal players to go win <laughs> major trophies. <That's laughs> right. Fabregas, Ashley Cole. I mean, yeah, somewhat of a trend. <laughs> and we give them the retirees with uh, William and David Luiz. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that came in to, sa- to sabotage the club, as as Drogba pointed out. So, you know, <laughs> I'm kidding, but yeah. Genius. <laughs> well, Wes, there's obviously been a lot of upside to Chelsea's season so far. Um, why I say Wes? Well, sorry. That's <laughs> right. My friend of works, Wes. Um, there's been a lot of upside to Chelsea's season so far, but they have looked like they were struggling the last couple of games, especially against Juventus. Um, and at certain points in time, you know, it's tough to break down some of the other teams. Do you think it's mainly an issue with creation from the wings or where do you think the improvement lies with this team right now? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I do, I do think some of the wing play is, is something I need to work on, but I, I think it's really in the center of the pitch. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that where you saw that most glaringly was versus city, which is that, uh, you know, on one side, it was nice to finally have a different way to play against city where, you know, they press down on us and try to choke the life out of us. And we can go route one up top and hope that Lukaku can, you know, either nod at someone else or, or chest it down himself and then start a move. Um, but it just wasn't there because he, even when he could get that ball, he didn't have support. And that's mm-hmm. a concern. Um, I think part of that is health issues. Uh, the fact that Mount is finally missing time for really the first time in his Chelsea career. Uh, I'm definitely on team. He's very important to the team. He's maybe <laughs> the heart and soul of, I don't know how everyone doesn't know this by now, but I know the internet doesn't agree. Um, <laughs> some people still really don't like Mount and I just don't get it. And Chelsea, we're talking Chelsea supporters here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I just don't really imagine a, a best 11 that Chelsea has without him in it because he is that person that can drop between the lines and connect the dots. Um, it can't just be him um, if they really want to be creative. Uh, and so hopefully some tandem of either Havertz or Werner playing off of Lukaku is going to pan out. And then again, you know, you do have the luxury of we haven't really gotten to see Pulisic do this yet. Um, he could be a very solid option. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see. I mean, I just think the big difference there is, you know, Pulisic's much more direct. Um, mm-hmm. Timo really doesn't like to take on the last man, uh, especially if it's a center back. And uh, my view on this has been, Timo is a great player. He works hard for the team. He's not scoring the goals that everyone expects him to, but um, he still has a place in this team. And I think that it's in a winger role. I just don't think in the premier league that he's really a striker, except if he's up top with Lukaku and 
even on the goal, I mean, the guy could not be more unlucky. He's had like 16 <laughs> goals disallowed. Um, granted, some of those were legit offside. Um, but the one he had disallowed for something that happened two fixtures ago, um, uh, that foul that they went back and reviewed like 18 seconds or something, uh, that was crazy to me. But to me, that was an example of where he might be able to succeed because you saw the defense collapsing on Lukaku and there was Werner at the back post for a header, which is not even what the type of goal you expect him to be scoring. So mm -hmm. I think there's opportunities for them to really shine. And it's just, they haven't, they haven't worked out the kinks quite yet. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. I got you. What are your um, kind of hopes for the rest of this season and the next couple of years out? Uh, I would, I would like to win the title this year. I think it's possible. Um, I just think that, Tuchel has instilled a belief in this team. Some of these guys already had that. It obviously emboldens them to win a major trophy. Um, and I don't think it's unreasonable. I think it's going to be very difficult. Uh, I think that I think that Liverpool's solid. Uh, I think that City looks incredible still. Um, but it's a long season. And right now, I you know, even with our injuries, like we're top of the league, we've played probably the toughest run of fixtures to start the season of any club. Um, I really got to believe that that depth is what's going to be that little extra push that might put them over mm -hmm. the top. Um, I'm not going to be super upset about it. If they finish second or third, this is a tough league with very good teams. Um, I, but I would love to see them win this year and I think they can absolutely do it. Um, and then other than that, we got to We got to make a real run at defending this thing for the first yeah. time, you know, uh, after losing Juventus, I was sitting there going, for those who don't remember, <laughs> we were playing Europa League the following year when yep. we tried to defend our title. So I don't want to see that. Um, I think Zenit's a little tricky. I know we got to play them one more time. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see. But I, but I, I just, I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't find a way to qualify out of that group. Yeah, last time was a downright disaster. I think it was what was <laughs> one point out of the group, and or, or was, something like ridiculous. We barely got third. Was, yeah. Early on, we knew that it was over. Yeah, that was a tough year in general. <laughs> yeah. But we got Hazard. That's all that really matters. Yeah, that was that was worth it, definitely. <laughs> okay. So, speaking of, would you ever like to see him back in a blue jersey? For what price? Um, okay. At this point, it's sort of, especially with it on current form, and I feel awful because I feel like that's because he gave his entire body and sacrificed it to our yeah. club, which is beautiful, but also sad. Um, I would say at the end of his career to like moonlight and be able to say he retired as a blue, which I think he said openly that he would like to do. Um, but, you know, I mean, I wish him all the best. I am personally no fan of Real in any way, shape or form. Um, but I, I don't want to see him, I, you know, I don't enjoy seeing him struggle. Uh, and I just, you know, I just don't know what piece of business would make sense when you think of how Marina likes to run the club. So um, I think it would have to be him saying I've had enough in Spain and I'll take a cut. I don't care. Just bring me back. Kind of like a drug bar role when he came back. Uh, yeah. The time. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a uh, that was a little bittersweet watching that Champions League final. You got you got to see like Aspilicueta lift a trophy, who's given you know his entire career to Chelsea for the most part. But then you write you think about Hazard, and you're like, damn, <laughs> <I> <laughs> one more release. year. Like I feel bad now. He's not playing over there in Real. I know. What are you gonna do? I mean, it is that's that's the game, right? Yeah, I, I don't feel bad robbing Courtois of a chance to win. Definitely, a trophy. Not. oh, absolutely not. Definitely that felt good. good. 
<laughs> that snake. If I knew that was going to happen, I would have let it go for free. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, that's a sore subject for me and Vito still to this day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, are your, what are your thoughts on the younger players in the Chelsea team? I mean, it's, it's no secret that Chelsea was, has one of the best youth academies in the world over the last decade or so, but they've always seemed to fail to reach that potential until that transfer ban came in with Frank Lampard. Um, and now you're seeing more players paving their way to the first team like Trevor Chalaba right now. Um, do you think this is like a, the method that Chelsea is going to be continuing to try to build upon moving forward or do you, with the rise of transfer fees or you think, hey, it worked out one time, we're going to get back to the model? Uh, as we know, it's too, I, you know, I, if whatever I say, it's probably going to be the opposite, except, except if I say we're just going to buy people because that's usually what we do. Um, uh I really think that there's a chance here. And again, I thought that under Lampard, but the difference I think now is you have a seasoned and proven manager who has won trophies uh, that is doing similar things. And it's all, you know, it's a shout out to Frank. It's a shout out to Frank. And, and we, we don't like to do give credit, but they deserve it. It's a shout out to the club for admitting that they had to try to go in that direction when they brought Frank on. So uh that laid the foundation here and uh what i've read and heard is that tuchel and what you're seeing in my opinion but is that tuchel is very instrumental in bringing forward the youth and he has been involved in the youth at other clubs um he was very involved at dortmund um i I don't know so much about what was going on at psg but uh but yeah dortmund for sure and you've got uh trevo's looking phenomenal i mean you know two goals now uh and and then you have um you have guys on loan uh i mean connor gallagher looks fantastic phenomenal um oh. even though you guys sold him tammy abraham uh tomorrow tomorrow's uh, right tomorrow so we they, have they look really good too like and we like- and and we you know this you know that it's funny because at the beginning of the window <laughs> and i think this is because no one's been talking about this which is strange which i guess is because covid's maybe uh suspended some of the rule changes but um, I think, you know, Chelsea fans had a right to be frustrated, to see how many, uh, young players went out the door in the last two seasons that it was just like, why couldn't we loan them? Why couldn't we do this? Uh, but the loan rules are changing and they're going to, uh, not be allowed to have as many, uh, players on loan. So I think they were getting ahead of that. Um, makes sense. It's a bummer to sell some of those guys. I mean, obviously we saw Livermento just, uh, turn uh, turned Chilwell inside out at the weekend. Um, but luckily, and you know, before everyone was saying, Oh, it's just, uh, for fun and games. They never use those, but no one said that, uh, none of the Chelsea journalists used those words when they talked about the, um, buyback clause for, uh, Lieberminto, which seems like it's actually possible that could happen. And no one said that about Tammy. Um, which says to me that when they say that they know something about close to the source that those relationships have already soured. Um, mm-hmm. And when they don't say that they firmly believe that there's a strong enough relationship remaining at Chelsea, that they actually could buy them back and bring them mm-hmm. back to the club. So yeah, in a perfect world, it would be an ideal dream to have the Cobham boys running it in about five years and bring Tammy back and bring Livermento back and, uh, Tino Andrin has gotten some, cha- mm-hmm. I think, a Champions League goal now. He's out on loan. Um, so there's a lot of good players, and I'm really excited to see what they do. Who's the yeah. most player that you're excited to see, at least like coming up through the ranks right now? Just curious to hear that. 
Or who's uh, even playing right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, I love I love and have loved and kind of a little disappointed he hasn't got a chance to uh, just stay at the club and do his thing. But uh, Billy Gilmore, mm-hmm. um, I know that I'm sure some of that, uh, some of the concerns that people still have in the personnel side are related to his size. But, I mean, this guy has done it. He's done it against Liverpool, granted, in a smaller competition. But, like, he mm-hmm. wasn't playing a lot of – you know, B team type caliber players that day. And he was the best player on the pitch. I mean, he did that in the world, uh, the, uh, the Euro, sorry, not the world cup in, in the Euro. He was looking really good. Yep. Um, for Scotland. Uh, right? Yeah. Yep. And, uh, he was, I think man of the match against England. Um, game, yeah. and he, and then aside from him, yeah, I mean, I'd say Connor Gallagher, uh, just out of the instant, because those are two guys. The reason I probably put them in that order is they're, currently available players that at any moment could come mm. back and be the club. There's no negotiations, mm. you know, nothing like that. Um, uh, you know, and then on a low key note, cause he's with the club, but he still feels like he's a product of the system that hasn't quite gotten its chance yet. Ruben Loftus cheek, who yes. is having a major resurgence right now. And I don't want to jinx it. Um, but Fingers I'm very crossed. excited. Yeah. I'm very excited to see where that goes. And obviously Trevor has been a revelation. I mean, mm-hmm. who, who's, who knew this was going to happen? I'm sure someone closer to the team than me, but uh, it's very exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek fan. I think he will offer something in that Chelsea team that very few players, if anyone does as well as him and when he picks up the ball in midfield, is able to turn players and, and drive forward and kind of do what you referenced for with uh, Mason Mount is kind of connect the midfield to the attack. So I'm, I'm fingers crossed. He continues doing what he's doing. And I mean, uh, um, I mean, Marina Kronovskaya, is that how you pronounce Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. She's uh, quite the wizard. So I, (laughs) that's a really good point too, about that loan system changing. I mean, how many players do Chelsea have out on loan? It's close to 40. I think. Like Santa Claus's list. Right. I mean, yeah. And some seems, they couldn't get rid of either. Yeah. Yeah. She seems to be getting all of these these fees for players on that Chelsea squad that just maybe have like Marata, 60 something million for Marata, um, and go around and use it for someone else. So I think she's been very instrumental in the way Chelsea's been able to conduct themselves since the pandemic hit. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I wake up in cold sweats and think, do we still have Danny Drinkwater? Uh, <laughs> Uh, looked great in preseason by the way <laughs> yeah yeah for some reason I, I, I when those articles hit the internet i was like oh god no please stop um uh you know it's it's nice i hope i hope he figures it out somewhere but it wasn't going to be at chelsea uh apparently he drinks anything but water and that's yeah. how he ended up where he is respect to it would have been nice <laughs> to see him in kante again though would have oh yeah yeah it'd have been cool but uh, we kind of got to start wrapping some stuff up real sure. quick. Where where could uh, more people find out about you though? And then yeah, sure. Yourself. Um, yeah. So uh, Georgia Blues, we have uh, Facebook and a Twitter handle, um, Instagram as well. Uh, I'll, but for as far as Twitter, that's a really good place to to get us. Um, so that's uh, Georgia, you know, spelled like the state, and then underscore Blues. Um, that's our Twitter handle. Uh, we we always you know we keep stuff up to date. Are we watching matches? Are we doing giveaways? Stuff like that. Um, we did a really cool giveaway um, recently, and that one was a program from the 60s, um, oh. a match program from the 60s that was signed um, by, uh, I believe, Bobby Tambling had signed that, as well as some other legends. Bobby Tambling is one of the all-time uh, 
you know, leading scorers at Chelsea. So um, pretty, pretty cool little item. Uh, we try to do that when we can. Um, uh, the, the Dempsey jersey behind me was a giveaway from many, many years ago that we did. Uh, I say we, I wasn't in on that one. I was going to uh, say, don't you run to uh, help run? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed to win them now. I'm not allowed to win them now, but that was before that time. Um, so, uh, yeah, and uh, we're at Big Sky Buckhead, um, which is in Buckhead, Atlanta. Um, and, uh, you know, the, you know, we meet up for as many matches as we can, and we post all that information on Twitter, and we also post it on our Facebook pages. Um, we have both uh, a group since they separate that stuff on Facebook, uh, which you can look up at Georgia blues. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, which is kind of more, uh, official get announcements out and things. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, if you type in Georgia blues, you probably find it anyway, but basically says like, uh, Atlanta, Chelsea, Georgia blues. So make it easier to find. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Cool. You guys got anything else to add real quick? No, just uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, only other thing I'll say is I'm happy to put myself out there and put my handle out there. If people want to reach out directly, um, uh, in terms of like, you know, questions they might have about the matches or getting out there or whatever. Um, uh, don't make fun of me. I made this when I was probably 12 and just never got rid of it. Cause I, I, I apparently think it's still cool. Um, so the handle is, it's at slash like the word spelled out. So it's S L A S H J B double O seven movies coming out so there you go um that's, that's, so, the same yeah. way, that's the same way i feel about my xbox gamer tag <laughs> there you go well, hey it's also my xbox gamer tag so there you go you got fifa you have to get it oh yeah i got fifa you guys it, 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 but this is where i'm gonna find out you guys all play playstation and then we won't be able to play but no uh, no no sir. through and through okay xbox. xbox i'm an xbox man myself um yeah, uh, look me up. I'd be happy. I don't know if you guys uh, like are hopefully as as you guys get get some people to to like set up a tournament or something. That'd be cool. That would actually, cool. that'd be a cool yeah. idea. Yeah. That's not a terrible yeah. idea actually at all. I like that. I was yeah, gonna host, say join our club could, squad could, so we could we, we could link up a little in, bit, but I like that too. Host it in Buckhead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. There you go. So we we actually did uh, last thing I'll say. Sorry, and I'm chewing up the end time here. Um, is uh, kind of related to that, but um, we're doing something at the end of the month. This is something we do every year in Atlanta, and it's very special to uh, not just me personally, but to the whole group um, and those who certainly have attended and, uh, and helped raise money year over year. So uh, we work with a very cool charity. Uh, it's been around since the mid-'80s called uh, Soccer in the Streets. Um, they've gotten some national publicity because they've done some really cool things. Like they've had the premier league trophy brought out to their events. Um, they have, uh, funded and built, um, and built, uh, little pitches, uh, to, for, for folks to play in, uh, next to the Marta stations in town, um, which is super cool. Uh, and they, they really, so they help with inner city kids. Um, they help kind of give them, uh, a safe and nurturing environment to grow in with soccer as a primary tool. Um, but they also help them with resources like learning in school, uh, mentors, things of that nature. And the best part about it for me has always been that it's cyclical, um, and it sort of feeds into itself. So the kids that come through the program, um, you know, the end goal is, you know, to have them be, you know, happy and, and productive adults. Uh, so, you know, obviously, you know, a big, a big thing for them would be like, get them uh to college um or you know get them to even just get them through high school you know i mean some of some of that it's uh 
it's just it's great to see um some of them do turn out to be incredible soccer players as a bonus um but that's not the focus uh and then they will come back and do things like teach the kids or or be uh referees or mentors things like that that's pretty awesome actually that's yeah it's dope so yeah and uh for anyone listening and wants to check it out um if you look in the comments we'll have we'll have all of your Details information as well yeah. as georgia blues and everything um so you so you guys can get a hold of it yeah for sure well i, I really appreciate it guys thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me tonight uh, thanks yeah. for being here wells absolutely yeah, absolutely that'll uh that'll do it for this episode of the sun league screamers podcast and the hooligan half hour uh take a moment check out the description like Vito just said for all the links below to uh ours and also well social media accounts uh i'm your host steve mccutcheon signing off with Vito, mike and wells have a good one. Take it easy, guys. Thanks, Thank guys. You.